When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. The results are in. Yes, the results are in, folks. The round robin has concluded at the 2018 Winter Olympics. We are now ready for medal play. Price Atkinson here joined in this episode of the Extra Action Podcast by Jerry Gertz, president and CEO of Curling Zone, and the maestro himself, the man behind the hashtag Hamilton Mustache Militia. That would be one young Christopher Plies. Uh, member of the high performance team and Heater McCormick squad guys, what's happening? Uh, what a night! What a night! Yeah, it was uh, exciting. Schuster into the playoffs, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, man, like we had a little party here at in Duluth at one of the uh, local watering holes, and uh, it was fun just being around a bunch of guys who were around these guys all the time and. The uh, the energy was, uh, I don't know, it might have been more electric than it was in the arena last night, to be honest. Dude, <laughs> that, I would have killed to have been there with you guys, uh, Plies, because I heard it was a I heard it was a pretty fun party that ensued pretty late, right? Yeah, it was fun. It it got uh, it got a little bit later than I was hoping for on a work night, but uh, <laughs> you know, chances like these and to watch uh, your friends, you know, make a run like that into the medal round of the Olympics don't come around every day, so we'll I mean, suffer. What do you think about it, Plies? Because we all sat there here and watched. I mean, we watched John go down this road before. Uh, you lose to Japan. I, I think anybody would have lost the way Morizumi and those guys were, were were playing that night because those guys were on fire. Then you lose to Olserud. You you miss that wide open shot for three, and you're like, uh oh, is this here we go again moment? But here comes Team Schuster. They knock off Cooey. You beat the Cruz, and then you go off and beat Kyle Smith, and now you are playing for a spot in the gold medal game against Kevin Cooey again, and the way you had to do it with your back against the wall, I mean, that's really this team's calling card. I mean, they had their back against the wall a little bit against you guys, you know, losing that first game at the trials, but this seems like to be the hallmark of Team Schuster, and when their back is against the wall, that's when they rally and are at their best. Yeah, I mean, I I think it really speaks volumes to the amount of of high-pressure games that that team's been in the last few years. Uh and also just to the work that uh, our program has done in the sports psychology department, uh, Dr. Carly, um, you know, it's just an amazing, done an amazing job with all of us. Um, but, you know, it, they got that one against Canada and that, you know, watching that interview that John gave, um, you could just, you could just feel that team kind of, um, kind of just rallying together and, and this run has been it's been special to watch. It's been special to watch uh, friends, um, you know, with this much scrutiny um, on them, and this many people at home that you know aren't really too familiar with with the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having results like this is it's a really cool thing to watch. And um, you know, it it sucks. It still sucks. Uh, you know, not being not being there. But um, I'm really really happy for those guys. Yeah, is we'll have. I think a- at the end, I think. I think at the end of the day, what it looks at is it brings up the whole program. You know, you guys were, you know, runners up, but, it, you know, now you're runners up to a playoff team, not a uh, bottom of the field team. So that's got to make everybody feel a lot better too at the end of the day. For sure. I think every time growing up in sports or even, even like I'll use the example with the Vikings and the, and the football this year, you know, you lose to the team that goes on to win it. I mean, at least uh, you don't lose to a team that goes out there and gets rolled on. So 
uh, I think it it definitely makes you feel feel a little bit better about the the result of the trials. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, we'll talk. You know what, as, a, as a player, John has really, really uh, uh, matured, I think, in the last three years specifically. You know, you can see how he trusts his teammates more out there on the ice now. In the past, he would almost, uh, you know, tear down a team a little bit, micromanaging and, and not letting guys do their job. And, uh, you know, that maturity has made a big difference, and he's making the big shots when he has to. He's using his team you know, to the best of their abilities and, and getting lots out of them. And, you know, it's pretty neat. I, he's, he's come a long way and, and his, his talent is really starting to shine through now. What do you think changed? Because uh, Japan, uh, the loss to Norway guys, I, I'm sure you guys probably noticed it, but I, I you know, the, some of the commu- communication out there was, um, I don't want to say it was suspect, but it was a little bit different. Body language, I thought, was what, to me, was even more telling. I just saw some bad body language of them out there. But then Kevin Cooey, you step out there, John, I think, had beaten him, what, the last time out? Uh, that was at the World was at the world Championships, or was that this past fall at a slam, Jerry? Help me out on that one. But I, it just I seemed like... I believe that was at a slam. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like yeah, everything just changed. Yeah. You know what? It's it's. I think the run against Nicholas Adine had really changed John and his his perspective. Uh, he beat him last year at the Worlds in a game he needed to win to get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then he beat him again at the Champions Cup uh, Grand Slam event to finish off the year. You know, you're beating arguably the number one, number two ranked team in the world between him and Gushu twice in mm-hmm. in important games. You know, you're gonna feel like you belong when you start doing stuff like that, and and you know, John doesn't lack confidence, but you know, I think sometimes it's a it's a front for for some insecurity, but now he's proving it on the ice, mm-hmm. and, and you know, after beating a he beat a Dean once or twice more again this season, you know, man, we've got a Dean. What's Cooey? Yeah, so. All right, uh, as we talk with Chris Plies and Jerry Gertz, so here's the deal. We've got basically a tiebreaker set up between Great Britain and Switzerland. The winner of that game uh, this evening, that would be Wednesday evening here in the U.S., the winner of that game will then advance to take on, you get a date with Nicholas Adine, uh in one of the two semifinals, the top seed that finished 7-2, and two. but Canada, United States in the other semi, 6.05 Eastern Standard Time Thursday morning, the winners of each game go and play for the gold. The losers of each of the two semifinals will then obviously play for the bronze. So let's move forward. Let's get into this game against Canada because, you know, Canada, uh, believe the uh, uh, losing streak of three games, uh, what start what it did, I think it uh, ended with John, right, before they got uh, two wins to finish out uh, and get the two seed. Does, does Canada and Kevin Cooey – uh, Jerry, you know, being up there north of the border, and Chris too. Do you think there, there's more pressure on them? I, I feel like, in a lot of ways, that John is the pressure is off John now. You're in the medal round. You're not necessarily playing with house money, but it's uncharted territory. Playing for a medal now uh, in the Olympics. But Kevin Cooey with Rachel Homan out, you're trying to win a fourth straight. Uh, a uh, gold medal for Canada on the men's side. To me, the pressure is squarely in one corner, and that's in with the Canadians. Uh, yeah, you I mean, know what? You, go ahead, Chris. No, that's fine. Uh, I was just going to say, um, you know, I think there's there. I mean, in my opinion, um, representing Canada, uh, you know, they have to go through such a gauntlet um, and such tough tournaments just to get. Um, to this spot, I mean, there is a ton of expectation. I don't think that expectation is necessarily there elsewhere. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are, Jerry, but um, I also think these guys are no stranger to that um, expectation. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be I, a good game. Yeah, I think part two there, Chris. I think it's, that's the biggest part. Uh, Mark Kennedy, Ben Ebert have been there before. They understand it. Kevin Cooey, it doesn't seem like anything ever phases that guy. You wouldn't know whether he's uh, in panic mode or or uh, things are going really well for him. So, you know, he's pretty cool, calm, and collected out on the ice. You know, I, I don't think the pressure is going to get to those guys. 
in a way that it might a lot of different teams. You know, that experience factor is huge for those guys. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're comfortable in their own skin and, and, you know, whatever result they happen to come out with, they're playing for themselves. And, uh, you know, they're not going to fall into that trap, I don't think. What about uh, – it's this is a kind of a rhetorical question, but the advantage that Cooey will have starting with a hammer because I don't remember if it was during the trials, Jerry, or if it was on your site right before the Olympics started. And I saw a record – it may have been a story I read in one of the Canadian papers of Cooey's record when he starts with hammer – and it's something it's some ridiculous type number and i don't i don't remember it off the top of my head you might but i'm not going to ask how big of an advantage cuz that's clear but how just how strong is it to ha- for him to have in particular to start with a hammer versus john oh it's hugely significant it's something like 29 and 3 this season they've uh, uh won when they start the first end with hammer okay and uh it was two losses coming into the tournament, and Nicholas Adin managed to turn it around on on Cooey in the game they lost to to the Swedes. There, it's 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 that way with most teams, to be honest. Like you go through the field, and and uh, most of the teams, the the best teams in the game, are winning. You know, ninety percent of the time with Hammer. It's a it's a significant advantage at this level. You know, Nicholas Adin is there, and and uh, De Cruz is there. Kyle Smith is there, and and on some of these teams, like Cooey is five hundred without the hammer to start. Wow! You know that that's a huge difference wow. when you when you when you approach these teams. So you know, for Schuster, he's going to have to do something special uh, tonight, tomorrow morning, wherever you are listening to this, um, to uh, to to turn the game around. You know, so I think I think for John, that's the biggest thing that probably should take some pressure off him. In that, uh, you know, they're not supposed to win this game. You know, they're starting without the hammer, so you know they're really in tough. So hey, let's roll the dice and go for it and see what we can get. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, I think Jerry's spot on. I mean, you're talking to a, a guy who knows the the metric side of this game mm-hmm. more than anybody, more than anybody in the world. Um, I think I agree. I think John's just going to have to go out there, be loose, and, and take, take some chances. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a team and a skip and Kevin who, um, you know, he if he wins this gold medal at the Olympics, I mean, he's going to be up there in that conversation, um, I think, as one of the greatest of all time. Um, and he probably already is there. But, um, yeah, I think these guys, you know, they've gone on this run. Everybody had counted them out when they were in two and four. Um somehow get it straight in at five and four. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think just take some chances, have some fun, enjoy the moment and, and, uh, just, just let it, let it ride. All right. Uh, before we uh, turn the page and we'll talk about the women's, uh, side of things here in, in a few minutes and Becca Hamilton, I caught up with her just right after the game, probably 30 minutes after they got off the ice, but, regardless of what happens moving forward, kind of a big picture view of this thing, guys, we all know what John has been through um, these last couple of Olympics. Um, you know, I've, one of those with you, obviously, Chris, in 2010, you were with him through that. And I, you know, you guys were privy to uh, everything that went down, uh, the things you heard, the things that were said, the criticism written, uh, spoken, but Regardless of what happens here at this point, John is playing in the medal round. Uh, medal, no medal. Do you think that whether in his mind or in the public's mind, and I know you, he wouldn't care about it, but do you think? I mean, do you think that this is? And the story's not written yet because there's obviously two games to go. Do you think he's exercised a lot of these demons that he may have carried, or and that these opinions that the people had of him by what he's done and this team has done in this run in 2018 at the Olympics? No doubt. Um, that, that interview, um, that we, that, you know, seems like a lot of people have touched on it, um, of John after the, the win against Kevin Cooey, um, in the round Robin was, man, I had, I had a hard time watching that. I mean, you could just feel, um, you could just feel everything that he has put into the game. Um, you know, and the age of social media and the age of, 
um, you know, everybody having an immediate opinion, uh, including myself. Uh, you know, I even in this tournament, I've said some things on social media that I, you know, I've gotten into con- uh, conversations with people about, and you just have to take a step back and realize that, um, you know, everyone's seeing this. Um, yeah, I think he. I think he's exercised a lot of those demons um, and it's just validation to him. I think that um, he knew what he could do all along. He knew what kind of a player he was, but um, when you're, when you're reading that stuff and you're hearing it constantly from a bunch of people who really don't know anything about curling, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that stuff, it sticks with you. Um, You know, it definitely sticks with you. And uh, yeah, I think, I think this is just it's just such a good thing for our game in the US for all of us in the program for all of us that um you know have put all this time into it over the course of our careers and um and all the people that are going to come into the sport after us I mean this is this is a really really huge deal. Yeah. I think it was great for John to show in a, a kind of a human side there too. And I, and it's it's a problem with our game a little bit in that you know what the TV cameras capture on the ice is a, is a player's, you know, high level competitive face. Yeah. And John is, John's a dominant leader out there. And he's, you know, he, he, he dictates what goes on and he pushes and he drives his team. And I think sometimes that rubs off the wrong way for fans watching at home. When in fact, it's not really John at all off the ice. Yeah. And you know, for him in that interview, I think it told a lot about him and, and, you know, it's good to see that side of, of a person's uh, personality and psyche. And, and, uh, you know, I think for John that, you know, he definitely exercised some of those demons, you know, had he even lost that game last night, finished four and five, you know, at the end of the day, I think he would have still, it would have been a good result but to get into the playoffs, that's that stamp right there that, uh, Hey, we belong. And it, it, it falls in line with the world championship results in the last two years too, where they've done the same thing. They've been in the playoffs now, three straight major, uh, world level events playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's significant. For sure. All right. Sure. It kind of reminded me also of, uh, you know, just when, I remember, I just remember watching Sergio, you know, make that to win the, uh, you know, win the masters and, um, you know, seeing him kind of break down and get emotional. I mean, you just, it's, it's the same in every sport. Currently it's no different than any sport. Mm-hmm. These guys, you know, put everything that they have into it, uh, emotionally, physically, um, you know, when you can see somebody exercise those demons and just get that monkey off their back, um, you know, it's hard not to not hard not to root for them. Yeah, no, I amen to all that. And, and Dustin Tomasetti, one of y'all's good friends, uh, applies. Uh, Specs is gonna we'll join he'll join us here in the next segment. Then we'll come back and we'll talk about the women's here on the Extra Action Podcast with the Twelfth and Sports Network, powered by Isogenics. We'll be right back. All right, we're going out to Duluth, Minnesota right now, home of Team Schuster, Sands, uh, Matt Hamilton from the greater Madison area, but uh, John Landsteiner, Tyler George, Joe Polo, and, and certainly John Schuster, all from Duluth, representing representing the Duluth Curling Club. And we're going to talk with a, a good friend of all these guys, this entire team, but somebody that knows them very, very well, uh, representing things and holding the fort down in Duluth till the boys get home but Dustin Tomasetti uh, also known to his friends and everybody around that curling community in Duluth is Specs. you probably also know him from the Pickwick restaurant the historic restaurant there in Duluth uh, we're going to talk with Dustin right now about just this thrilling ride that Team Schuster is taking us on Dustin what's happening what has it been like in Duluth so far no, hey Price, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. I've uh, put a few social media things out there that I've kind of wanted to get on here. <laughs> Sometimes I actually get a little nervous when I'm uh, talking in this situation, but it's it's coming easier today because I'm super jacked up. Uh, yesterday was quite the journey, and all week has been a journey. But you know, yesterday waking up for that Switzerland game, working all day, 
doing a little bit of curling, then just going right to the watering hole to watch that game against Great Britain. And the boys just showed up and did it. It's it's pretty amazing around here. The whole curling community here is super pumped. We all have all the answers. We all have all the <laughs> we we have every, we have everything. We have everything you need here right now, and uh, we're we're ready for these guys to go for gold. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no doubt about it. We all are. We certainly all are. And uh, as you've known John and Sarah for a long time, but I thought it was interesting. Something you mentioned to me uh, before, right before we started recording is it was a big night at the Duluth Curling Club last night for uh, League Night on on Tuesday, and uh, it was a it was a throwdown between two of our current Olympians that are going to be playing. Uh, for a spot in the gold medal game between one John Schuster's team and Tyler George's team at league last night. Give us the lowdown and how did that all, how did it play out? Well, that's the thing is it's beauty curling in Duluth. You get to, you get to be around these guys and I'm fortunate to curl with, you know, John and some of my great friends curl with Tyler. And obviously Tyler's one of, one of a great friend also. Uh, we had the game last night. It was for the league championship. We were tied in the standings last week to go. You know, if you if you talk to John and Tyler after, they were really looking forward to this game, actually. Yeah. And I and I put a social media post out there that it was their biggest game of the night, kind of as a joke. But uh, uh, we are Team Roscoe's, but Team Schuster, we, we prevailed in four ends. It was kind of a rough goal for Tyler's boys. <laughs> and it's actually, it's actually John's first league championship ever in Duluth he's never won a league before (laughs) so and I was like you know I was telling you earlier is that John and I we kind of play like a crazy league we're playing in-offs we're playing run back doubles and Tyler's more their team's more of the oh if we get ahead we're gonna start peeling rocks kind of thing and that's just not how we roll so it's hard for us to win leagues but last night I I told John I said hey I got this we're gonna gonna take care of it in five ends but I took care of it in four yeah, well, so that's kind of ironic that that John wins his first ever league title in Duluth, and he's not even there for it. Did word at least get across, to, uh, you know, on the other side of basically the continent or the world to uh, to let him know the results of the game last night? Yeah, I texted him about uh, three hours before. Uh, his start because it didn't take too long for us to take care of it. He did not respond. I assume he had his phone off, kind of mentally getting prepared, and I'm glad he did not respond. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, no, I got the results over to him, and honestly, it was better that he was over there because we have a much better chance of winning the league with me here. So, <laughs> in, in my in my opinion, and probably most people's opinion. So, yeah, well, that's awesome. And you, you've known John and Sarah for you've known them for a very long time. You, I mean, you've lived with them. Uh, you, you've, uh, I mean, you work at a restaurant, the Pickwick there. That uh, what you, I'm think you mentioned to me that John, you know, at one time worked at, but. You know, having grown close to them, grown close to them, and and all the guys on this entire team, what is it like watching? You know, from afar, but yet right there at home where they're from. What has it been like watching this particular journey compared to some of the other ones, Dustin? Well, I mean, I like like you just said, I've known John specifically for a long time. Uh, I've known him for 25 years. We actually we've been playing the same fantasy football league for 26 years. And you look at our ages and you're just like, how is that even possible? Well, where we come from, we we get into the bars at an early age and we start playing fantasy football. That's what we do. Um, but, you know. I, I've been I've been through you know living with John and Sarah, getting to be really close to John. Um, this has been a little bit different of a journey this time. I've seen the good, bad, ugly. I've I've been through it all. Um, this one, I just thought that this team, um, this team specifically that John has this time, you know, was just so prepared and so ready because they're so battle tested and they've played at the high, high world level. They have played in the grand slams, you know, they've been on the big stage at the continental cups. They've, they've, they've been in big moments. And uh, even in the trials this year, you know, that was, that was an unbelievable match between those teams. And, and I, I thought that, you know, John specifically was really ready for this moment mm-hmm. and him adding Tyler four years ago, and these other guys, you know, back in after the 14 Olympics, what happened and John not getting selected. I don't even want to get into that. But, uh, you know, it, it all just feels right. Um, you know, adding adding a player like Tyre, that team that has has the the mental mental awareness, you know, in the house with shooting and kind of knows John so well because of all their battles. And it goes the same with, you know, Lance and Hammy. They, they bring something to the table. Um, 
when it comes, and this is all, you know, obviously we're talking about the curling aspect of things, but when it comes to just the, the emotional run and everything, I mean, Price, you and I talked about it. It was, I was getting, you know, for a little bit, I might've been getting a slight flashback, uh, you know, at, around this weekend about, you know, things not sometimes going well, but the absolute perseverance and seeing John in that moment after that Canadian game and Tyler just stepping in and doing such a great job. You know, John was, John was going through some emotional things. It's just like this story with this team right now is just really, I think, building the something special because, you know, it's hard to call it a, a storybook ending and because we're not, we're not even close to an ending, but it yeah. already feels like we're building to something. And, and I'm just so, so, so proud of these guys, uh, their perseverance. I mean, there's no way once the, the wheels started coming off a little bit against Japan and Norway, you know, John eight years ago, there's, he just doesn't have a chance in that situation. And, and it comes to him obviously growing up and having the experience and, and having kids now and a, you know, unbelievable wife and unbelievable family around him and, and, you know, good friends like me, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, it's really, it's, it's just, I, I'm feeling just awesome right now. Um, I, I, everyone is like, what's going on? Are you, I'm like, Hey, I'm just still amped up. I was up for 23 hours yesterday wow. ready for this. You know, I, I was just, I was ready for this and I'm, you know, and it's just nuts. It is, it is nuts right now. What, what's the excitement around Duluth? And I mean, obviously the club is, it's, it's, you know, the roof is about to come off each time they're on the ice, at least if the club is open at that time. But you know, what is it like around town and, and at the club around, you know, just the circle of friends and, and people, obviously the curling community is big there in Duluth. What is, what has this been like around town? Well, you know, Duluth, obviously we have, we have a massive, massive curling community Mm -hmm. um but just in general with with curling on tv it's just it's getting exposed to other people and and you know me being at a restaurant all day every day you know when it's on tv i'm explaining the game to people i'm letting them know hey i know that guy i know that guy and it kind of gets them a little bit more into it but when it comes to the curling community here we're just it's nothing but support it's nothing but support i mean Last night after our league game, everyone was talking, what has to happen, what's gone right, what's gone wrong, maybe a few arguments here and there, but good, good arguments about what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's just It just shows the, the care level that our club has. Um, we, we have, I mean, obviously, you know, I think all curling clubs are awesome, but ours specifically is we have such a mix of unbelievable people from juniors all the way up to, you know, the old timers that are just completely supportive of these guys, um, the, the, the process, everything, um, that everyone is so invested. I mean, I, I mean, I watch you price. I know that you're watching every, <laughs> every moment you're, you're, you're even, you're, you're, uh, what you're doing, what Santa does. He's checking it twice. You're even doing that. <laughs> and, uh, I, I can tell because I, I don't just check it twice. I check it about five times personally. And, <sighs> You know, I have nine different text message groups going right now that are going during all their games. And I'll tell you, after last night, I was it was uh, it was so emotional that that, you know, they found a way to sneak in the semifinals going, you know, going Canada, Switzerland, Great Britain, three top 15 teams in the world. I mean, that was just unbelievable and the uh, Duluth was erupting we were going nuts we were going absolutely nuts I was I was actually with Chris Plies and Corey Dropkin watching the game and they were you know obviously you know they fought hard to to get there but they were at that point they're just supportive fans and we were losing our minds and loving it you know like it was it was awesome it was awesome well these guys aren't done yet as we continue with Dustin Tomasetti but everybody knows him as Specs and Specs uh you know last question because I know we got to let you go get back to work but one thing I'm kind of curious because knowing John so well when you saw the interview and kind of that emotion after the game against Canada I mean that was a big win you never beaten Canada at the Olympic Games you knock off you know the world number one top two easily one of the top two teams in the world you do it at the olympic games but having been through what john has been through you could probably relate and probably take even more insight into just the emotion that poured out of him after that and i could tell even at that moment not knowing him like you've known him certainly but that he this that was not the end of the road that he was not settling that yeah we beat canada but this is not it this is not the end of it um you know john John works so hard for a reason. He works so hard to to be there 
you know, for his teammates to make shots, to win games. He, he trained so hard for this in so many levels, mentally and physically. Um, so he put himself on a really high pedestal going into these games. And to see, you know, when after Canada, when, you know, see that breakdown, it was, here, here's the deal. And John obviously is a highly emotional person. People see him on the ice and they're just like, man, that, that, there's a lot of things running through his head. He's highly emotional. He's loud. He's all these things. John doesn't cry. John doesn't cry. I mean, yeah. for him, for him to cry on TV, just in general, I mean, like I, he is a highly emotional person, but he is not a crier for him to do that. It means that that win and just that, that everything that happened in that game and the two games prior, I mean, I have, I have a few things on my phone, you know, that I was talking to him about cause he didn't want to talk to a whole lot of people. And I don't know, he might get mad at me for saying that. I hope he doesn't listen, but, um, <laughs> but he, he, he does not get that so emotional that he cries. And that really was just everything pouring out because he tries so hard and, and uh, works so hard to, to win these games. And that was just all of the last 40, 48 hours just pouring out of him at once. And, you know, who can blame the guy? I mean, goodness gracious, I had waterfall flowing out of my eyes, you know, to, to see a friend doing that. But another thing on that same factor, Tyler stepping in and doing an unbelievable job, um, just kind of as John was having that little bit of a little bit of a moment there, Tyler stepping in and saying all the right things. So it was just it was that was a great friend having his back in that situation. And also telling a little bit of his story to the people at home, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, he, we we're with him for a reason. That was, that was the best thing Tyler said. We're with him for a reason because it's tonight's like tonight. Yeah. And, and then after that, he goes out and shoots 97% against the Swiss. I mean, it was, it, this is like, this is unspeakable to me. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that they were capable of what they're doing right now. I mean, you, you look at their schedule. I thought, geez, they got to go, they got to go five and the one in the first six to qualify. And they're two and four and <laughs> end up still getting there. It's so awesome. Well, shouts to the Pickwick shouts to you shouts to everybody at the Duluth curling club and around town. Just, uh, as you're the man, the head chef there at the Pickwick, uh, give us a plug about, uh, people listening right now. I'm sure we got a good bit, uh, in the Duluth area, you know, and they all know about the Pickwick, but even those that don't give everybody a plug about the Pickwick, what they can find there. If they're, in Duluth next before we let you go Dustin well we're we're the we are the premier steakhouse in Duluth um I'm the executive chef if you want to come in for a great meal maybe uh meet me I'll have a few stories for you make you laugh yeah. we'll have a good time you know maybe even have a cocktail or two um we're you know we're great restaurants 105 years old you won't find woodwork that we have in this restaurant anywhere else around here just a beautiful place, a beautiful tradition. Um, this is a curling restaurant. Their curlers own it. A curler is the chef. A curler is a manager. John's worked here. I mean, when when curlers are in town, they're already here. But if you want to have a great time, this is the place to be. Well, look, Specs, it's awesome to have you on here for the first time. It's it's awesome to uh, uh, to meet you virtually. Hopefully, we'll be able to do it in person at some point uh, here in the spring or the summer at some point. But you know, just to give some insight into this, what it's been like from, you know, Duluth, the, the club, uh, somebody that knows these guys so well and has known them for so long, been been through some really uh, some really rough times, uh, especially with John and Sarah. But uh, you know what? Uh, this is just a run we're going to cherish. And like you said just a few minutes ago, this thing is far from over. Let's enjoy it and uh, let's let's keep gunning for more and, and pulling these guys through, Specs. You're darn right about that. I'm uh, I'm kind of a realist type of guy, and I know that we have work to do. But right now, it feels good. But we have so much more work to do, and and let's get in that gold medal game and shock the world, huh? Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Dustin Tomasetti, you know him as Specs around town. Appreciate him joining us. Uh, we will catch up again with him soon. Dustin, all the best. Enjoy the games. We'll be right back here on the Extra Extra Podcast. All right, final segment here on the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, powered by Sajanix Price Atkinson, Jerry Gertz from Curling Zone. Chris Plies here as we are uh, coming down the stretch here, wrap up episode 32. Damn, I can't believe we've done 32 of these things. 
But uh, as we turn the page, we obviously have talked about the men's side. Guys, let's go to the women's side. And I uh, I don't know what else to say about Nina. It was a roller coaster type of a – I feel like a roller coaster kind of a tournament for them, just the up, downs, the highs and lows. But, God, I, I think you got to just take a step back, and at least I did, just say, damn, you know, I know you finished four and five. Technically, you're in a four-way tie for fifth place, but for whatever reason, uh, Jerry, you can help me out with the particulars. You technically are the eighth best team there, uh, despite uh, being in a tie for fifth. I think they have a ton to be proud of, a ton to be excited moving forward uh, about because to come that close, obviously, and the other three teams that were tied with them at four and five can say that they, if they, you know, one shot here, one game there, they're possibly playing for a medal themselves. But that's a whole, that's a, that's a week in a, a, a 10 day stretch that Nina and her team got to be awfully proud of. And USA curling fans should be really excited and proud of them as well. Yeah, for for Nina's team, I think they finished in the group of teams that they were probably ranked with coming in. Mm -hmm. And first time at the Olympics for all four of the players. Um, It's something that, uh, you know, that experience at the Olympics, that's huge. You know, it's such a different game, um, that that Olympic uh, pressure, everything that goes on around it, the distraction. And, and for Nina's team, I think they'll take a lot out of it. They're, uh, they're a good team. You know, they miss, they definitely miss some opportunities, but, uh, you know, I think they'll be better for it. And, and, you know, let's hope they've got another four year run in them and, you know, and we'll see something, uh, bigger and better from them in the future. The, the sky's the limit for that team. They've got all the tools, uh, the draw game, uh, that they call and play that aggressive style, I think fits in with, uh, where the women's game is going now, you know, there was not many blanked first ends where they just ran them up and down the sheet at the Olympics. And that's something we've, we've seen a lot in the past. That's no longer part of the game anymore. And uh, it's fun to watch the game. And, and Nina's already got all those tools for her. It's just a matter of getting a bit more experience and building on that confidence to know that they belong. And it's, it's hard for, for them the way this season went. There was a little bit of upheaval and switching around and a slow start. But, uh, you know, they're good enough to win a world championship very soon. And, I, and uh, you know, the more of these big games, big events they can play, the better. Yeah, Chris? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, no, I just uh, – I agree with Jerry. I mean, I, I, I thought, uh, you know, going in on the men's side, I – Final four, um, you know, it's still intact if, if Switzerland wins. But on the women's side, it, I kind of had them in that fifth kind of spot. I thought, you know, just not having a whole lot of Olympic experience and a lot of these teams having tons of it um, was going to be a little bit, a little bit tough. Um, but you know, they, like Jerry said, they have they have the tools that they need. They got sweeping as well, um, which is huge in the women's side. Um, you know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to, I'm hoping that these girls can stick around together for, um, four more years and, and see what they can do. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I mean, they have a lot to be proud of and, um, nothing, nothing to hang their heads about. I think, you know, from the last few games and the way that those have gone, um, this is another step forward for, for the U S and, um, yeah, nothing, nothing to be ashamed about for sure. Yeah, and and I'm not trying to to downplay it because you know they all said and and rightfully so. You don't go over there with you know to look for participation trophy. You're going over there to win hardware. And they were upfront and honest, just like John and those guys. I mean, well, look, we're going over there to win. And so much has changed. I think in the last four years, obviously changes in the you know high performance program, the implementation. You know, playing a lot more events on tour, being more seasoned. But you know. The bar has been raised, whether anybody will admit it or not, uh, around the world. We see it here in the United States, and the bar has been raised on the men's side, but especially also on the women's side, because we know the results of the past few Olympic Games on, on both sides. And we've seen the bar raised on both sides here at this Olympics, including on Nina's side, where they were right in the thick of things. So I think you can just certainly say that this was an overwhelming success for them, even though they didn't get to play for the hardware like John and those guys are. This was a pretty damn uh, successful couple days for them, for Nina and crew. For sure. And I think especially with the way that the week started for them, 
I mean, you could not have written a worse script after the first three ends against Japan. I mean, um, that, yeah. that must have been hard to hard to, you know, come to terms with and, you know, get mentally ready to, to move forward. Um, you know, so I think that speaks a lot to those girls and, uh, you know, the fight that they put in that they had this week. Because, uh, I mean, it would have been it could have been very easy to get <laughs> to get, uh, you know, a little bit tight and a little bit frustrated and. Um, and you know, just have a disaster of a week. So, um, it was, I'm, I'm proud of those girls for sure. Let's hear from Becca Hamilton because you caught up with her right after the game. Um, obviously frustrated right out of the, uh, the, the field of battle, uh, and doing battle with the Swedes and coming up just short, but, uh, so much to be proud of. She talked about, uh, just what, uh, some of the special moments she's had and just what her team takes away. Uh, from the chance to compete on the biggest stage in the world in the sport of curling. Here's Becca Hamilton right after the game earlier. All right, talking about Becca Hamilton as they just come off the ice. Uh, Becca, just uh, really what has this magical experience been like for you as an Olympian representing your country over these last couple of weeks? You know, there's no better feeling than having USA on your back. Um, But then to do it at that highest level is it's pretty surreal. Um, I was fortunate enough to do it twice with my brother first and then uh, my women's team second. I thought I took away a lot from the men's play and brought mm-hmm. it in my women's part of the mixed play and brought it into the women's play. And, um, yeah, it's just been an awesome, an awesome opportunity. Uh, I think my team learned a lot. And uh, we're looking forward to moving on from here. Yeah, what do you guys take away from this experience? What do you learn? I mean, you, you, you've, you've been at the highest level before, but the Olympic Games, I mean, what are some things that you guys take away, you know, moving forward after just what's been an incredibly successful year and so much more left to go? Yeah, yeah, you know, everyone everyone here brings their A game. Uh you can't you can't have an off day here at the Olympics. You just have to keep pushing through and um staying positive and just know that you're going to have your chances and you need to capitalize on every miss that you for, you can get. Uh, could you feel the pride, the enthusiasm? I mean, everybody here at home just swelling with pride with you guys as you just kind of continued your way. I mean, you obviously got on the ice very early, as you mentioned, before the opening ceremony with Matt. So you've been at this thing a while, and I imagine you heard from a lot of people and just felt just what a sense of pride we have all taken in you, Team Roth, and your brother on the ice. Yeah, I felt a crazy amount of support from back home. And uh, it's been it's been awesome uh, just seeing. I mean, even before we left for the games, my small town in McFarland all came mm-hmm. together for an awesome send off. Um, all the messages I received from everywhere, everywhere in the United States and even even beyond there, uh, different countries messaging us. It's been it's been really cool. It, just to go back to the Sweden game, it, just kind of take us through it. I mean, I was a dogfight down to the end. Just talk about the strategy and, and just how this final game played out for you guys. Uh, you know. Giving up three in the first end is always kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought we did a good job staying positive and moving forward from that, uh, generating deuces when we needed to and forcing when we had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just came down to the last last end there. We needed to steal, and unfortunately, we came out on the wrong side of the inch there. What about personally for you, Becca? You, you had some incredible time with your brother on the ice, something that I know you'll never forget. And certainly, I know this is something you don't plan on it being the last time you guys play together at the Olympic Games. But regardless, you know, What's a special moment, maybe a personal favorite moment of yours that you've got to experience that happened, you know, during this time as an Olympian, you know, that is obviously going to continue for a few more days over there, cheering on Team USA in the closing ceremonies? Yeah, you know, I think the, the greatest experience was uh, being a part of the opening ceremonies mm-hmm. and then walking around as they were playing, I mean, as the uh, United States with a giant team and then all the curlers linking arms and uh, being together through that was really, really awesome experience well becca we're incredibly proud of you i i know it doesn't help anything right now but all of us back here at home uh we have just worn our hearts on our sleeve for you guys this entire run just thank you so much for representing team usa the way you guys did becca thank you so much for the support everyone listening all right there's team usa lead for nina ross rink becca hamilton and you know, just turning the page, uh, you know, they will not be at Nationals. Uh, John Schuster and uh, I'm sure Chris is praying Heat and, and Corey and everybody. Tom, you guys are licking your chops now to, uh, all right, guys, come on, bring home that medal. We want a shot at you guys in Fargo now, which you're obviously <laughs> going to get that shot. But, you know, what about Nina? They're not going to play Nationals. Uh, Jamie and obviously we've got a full field on the women's side. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get to see uh, them, Jerry, and a couple more slams here the rest of the way.
Yeah, Nino's team uh, looks like they're they're safely into the Players' Championship. And, of course, winning the uh, Canad Inns event in Porters of Prairie, uh, Manitoba, uh, that's booked themselves, that should book themselves a spot into the Champions Cup as well. So let's hope they get the opportunity. You know, they'll recharge post-Olympics, get a chance to, to you know, take some well-deserved time off in March and, and then recharge and finish the year strong in a couple of slams where they can continue gaining some experience against these best teams in the world. All right, on the women's side, just real quick, uh, Korea and Japan, that is one semifinal game, Jerry. Sweden, Great Britain, I think, um, I'm not sure how you guys, both of y'all would handicap it, but maybe you see, I know Korea is 8-1, and one, but I would still probably say that Sweden and Great Britain, the two best overall top-to-bottom teams are going to be playing each other, so somebody's going to knock the other out of a shot to play for gold. Yeah, I think Korea's gotten a little bit lucky to a degree. Like I look at their their profile, their scoring profile, and they have stolen a ton of ends. And when you when you look at the way they play the game, they play it super aggressive and it's caught a lot of teams by surprise. And that works well if you don't know it's coming. But, you know, there's, there's some teams out there that do work with these analytics. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they're going to be able to dig out and build a, a game plan against Korea that I think can counter this steal uh, uh, opportunity. If the right team gets to that final and Korea is there, I'm looking forward to uh, the opportunity to uh, see how that all plays out. What do you, what do you got on the women's side, Chris? Uh, any, any thoughts on the four teams, Korea, Sweden, Great Britain, and Japan? Uh, man, to be honest with you, I I don't know those yeah. Japanese girls and Korean girls as well as I know Eve's team and Anna's team. Yeah, um, coming up through juniors with a lot of those girls, um, I'm really excited to watch that game. I think that's going to be a, a hell of a, a hell of a game. Um, you know, both teams. Uh, I mean, Anna, who's just burst onto the scene, I believe they had to take a loan a couple years out from one of their parents to help pay for the start of their season. Um, you know, cause they weren't getting funding from, you know, fully funded from the Swedish gov- or, uh, Olympic committee, which I believe has changed now, obviously, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, what a story, I mean, literally just putting in so much work and, and be and taking out a loan, um, to go out. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a great story. I think Eve has been around forever. Um, she's obviously proved, um, what she's capable of. I believe she had the bronze medal in Sochi, Jerry, if I'm not mistaken, um, yeah. So, I mean, she definitely wants a, a different color to bring home. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to watch that game. I, I don't know how much I'll watch them. My sleep schedule is completely off kilter right now. So I don't know how many of these women's games I'll catch moving forward, but uh, that, that Sweden Great Britain game is definitely one that I'll be tuning into. It's, it's, that's, that's probably the gold medal game. And I don't want to discount what Korea has done, but I really don't believe what they've done is is sustainable and uh you know it's great for the it's great for the the home country crowd and you know it sounds like uh the korean uh, curling team are stars in the country right now everybody's talking about them and you know that's the other part of it too is what kind of pressure are they going to be under now stepping into that game the good news is is they play the japanese team who kind of falls into that same boat a little bit you know, they're, they're a bit of an unheralded team. It's not like they're having to step on the ice against uh, uh, an experienced team like Eve in, in that semifinal. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really intriguing uh, semifinal setup on the women's side for sure. All right, uh, let's have a little bit of a – we've had a little bit of social media fun. Uh, clearly, that's always one, been one of the things at uh, Olympic time. Uh, Chris, you've been on this stage. Uh, social media wasn't quite what it is. Uh, then, in 2010, is what it is now. But uh, when you're on the uh, biggest stage, the Olympics, I mean, everybody's watching. The world is watching. You know, things are going to uh, pop up and bubble out. Uh <laughs> I thought one of the funniest things in your initiative, in credit, uh, as we mentioned it on the outset, Chris Plies, the hashtag Hamilton Mustache Militia founder, you have drawn some guys, including a teammate. I was shocked when I saw Heat, and Heat post a picture 
of him with the hashtag, uh, the Hamilton Mustache Militia as a uh, loyal member last night. Big question is, you're sporting one, Heat sporting one. Are those going to make it to Fargo next week? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, So you're telling uh, me the militia is going to meet its match uh, in a ditch somewhere in South on the way back from South Korea, and it's just uh, the militia is going to be it's going to evaporate before uh, anybody rolls into Fargo. I hear you. I hear you, buddy. You know, you know. Once we get to Fargo, I'm, I'm, me and Hamilton's uh, support for that team was going to be over. So. Yeah, no, I am uh, <laughs> wanted to give as much uh, give as much support to those guys as I could, and just have a little fun with it. Um, and uh, I, it's been fun to see guys, you know, sending pictures over of their of their mustaches. Some of them are just unbelievably dirty. Um, and heater, you know, having that. Uh, who, what's that guy's name from Fargo? Uh, William William H Macy. Yeah. Yes, yes, he is the Macy. I mean, he's. God, that thing is dirty. It's so good. Love it. Um, but, yeah, that was a lot of fun. My Twitter was just, like, blowing up last <laughs> night. I saw even, like, Team USA um, had made a, a storyline about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping uh, hoping the militia can can uh, move forward into into this Canada game and, uh, you know, make some ruckus. What, what do you think, Jerry? You going to get rid of your uh, chin strap and uh, you're going to go – you're going to join the uh, Hamilton uh, mustache militia? Well, that was one of my questions. Can I can I snap a photo with a full beard going on, or does it just have to be a mustache? Um, you know, we've had we've had all sorts of things coming through. We had a couple guys who have put a lot of time into those beards who are like, no, no way. I love curling. I love the U.S., but not more than I love the five years that I've spent growing this beard. So yeah. um, we accept all sorts of facial hair at this point. But as of Whatever day this ends, I am resigning um, as the president and CEO of the Mustache Militia Foundation. So, <laughs> well, you know, when when you look at all the social media stuff going on around the team, it's it's pretty neat to see the exposure and the growth of the sport. Um, coming from Canada, we don't see nearly this kind of uh, bang that goes on during the Olympics, and you know, you see a lot of a lot of celebrity. You got Mr. T getting involved in curling, which is really neat to see. And, and, uh, you know, you hope it starts to stick, you know, you're seeing a lot of interest in the game. Now we need to get some more people playing. We need to get some more corporate interest in the game sponsorship that comes from it. And, you know, the, the work that, uh, that, uh, team Schuster has been doing with their social media has been huge to, to kind of capitalize and take advantage of, of the time when they're on the ice and not able to actually do it themselves. So, uh, you know, kudos to all that. And, and, uh, you know, it's so much fun to follow this and see our game, get this kind of love. Agreed. I think Jerry hit the nail right on the head. I mean, it's all about making this stuff stick now moving forward. It's great to have all this fun here during the Olympics. Um, but, uh, you know, making it something that, that is continued um, onward is going to be, it's, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, and I, you know, I, but I think in the past we haven't had the success to go along with the social media bang. Um, now with having some success on top of that, I think that's really going to be an important driver um, moving forward. Totally, you know, totally. And and just as those words are being finished off by, by, by Chris right there, I'm, I'm seeing more, uh, Kirstie Alley stuff pop up from Yahoo Lifestyle and uh, another one that was uh, an e- an e-channel. I think this was an e-channel uh, tweet or something that we've been tagged in. So it's endless. I mean, this stuff is endless. And let me just say, I, I will totally, in my defense, and I said we weren't going to talk about it, but having it just flood just as we're talking in these last five minutes, that was not my intent. That's all I'm going to say is that was not the intent of uh, – um, I, I, I see that at 11 o'clock at night. And when I see some, and look, you don't respond to everybody. You don't, you mean, you don't pick fights because look, you'd spend all day and make yourself miserable. But 
you know, you read that and you just say, you know what? I'm going to tell you something and let you in on a secret. Curling is boring. I'm like, <laughs> what? who are you to fire off that, that shot? At, it, you know, these guys are over there busting their tail, Nina and, and John and everybody around them. And I'm like, I'll be damned if we're going to let this one slide. So anyway, uh, that was just not my intent. That's all I'm going to say. I, so. I saw she you know what? something about the men of curling calendar, too. I told her I'd send her one when she suddenly got back to me. And I don't have quite the profile uh <laughs> That I had eight years ago. So, um, yeah. You know what? I don't. I don't think it's bad for Kirstie Alley either to get looped into this kind of exposure either. You know, it, you know, for for you know a lot of the Hollywood actresses, actors, and you know, just having getting attention and being in the in the spotlight is is important to them and keeping their career alive and getting into stuff too. So. <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, I think you kind of helped her out a little bit too there, uh, Price. Well, I I just kind of clued my wife in on, she's kind of know what's going on. And we were coming back from my kids' uh, soccer and baseball last night. And she she just, we're driving down the road and and she pulls up a Google and just punches in Kirstie Alley. And she goes, Price, everything that's about her is curling. She goes, have you seen this? I'm like, have I seen it? Let's just, I'm trying, I, 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 we came to baseball and soccer so we could get away, I could get away from this for a little while. But I mean, I do think it was, it, look, we, look, it was a happy ending when she said, you know what, I'll give it a try. Uh, my son doesn't like figure skating, so we'll give it a try. And so we wrote back to her and said, you know, that's the spirit. We'll hook you up with some shirts, still trying to get a uh, good email to, to get that stuff to her. And then. You know, uh, you know, young Plies here decides he wants to uh, be hit her, you know, July pinup uh, boy uh, in, in her home office and, and chimes in. So we'll, maybe we can do a gift package. How about that, Chris? We'll get a calendar and we'll get it with the shirts we send to her. We'll make sure that she has you whatever month you're in. I, tell us, what month were you in? May. Okay. Yep, it's uh, and. Normally, it's a very gray time around this this part of the world, so I'm 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 looking forward to brightening everybody's lives for the for that month. Yeah, I'm I'm sure Jerry oh, is that's... just anxiously awaiting for the month of May on his wall. <laughs> that 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 photo is something else, Chris. I, I, I haven't even seen it. I, look, I don't want to see it. I have no interest. No, I... It's, no, no, it's worth seeing. It's definitely worth seeing, Price. There's no shame in it. Yeah, it's, I definitely... uh, you know what. Yeah, you know what? I always enjoy both the men's and women's calendars that come out. You know, you see, you see the players get out there and they put themselves, you know, in, in front of the camera to raise some money. Uh, Chris, your your fundraising is going to Project Joy, I believe, right in Duluth. Yep. There, yep. correct. And and you know, so every one of these players are are participating in in some sort of fundraising campaign, and and the photos are fun. Yeah, and you know, you show a little bit of skin to. To, to really show off our athletes in the game too, because you know fitness and all that stuff that you know isn't always associated with curling, you know really shines through when you see some of these bodies that that play the game now, and and uh, you know it's fun. It gets more attention, and the more of these kinds of things we can do, you know, the better it is for the game. I, I just yeah, I actually <laughs> I actually got a photo or a call from my sister yesterday she was at one of her friends was they were planning her friend's wedding and they were watching inside edition and uh i got a picture of uh one of my neighbors growing up's mom standing by the tv covering her eyes uh with a big picture of my the photo that was used for my calendar photo on the tv <laughs> <laughs> like oh god <laughs> well That's spectacular I haven't seen the photo. I just envisioned Chris wearing some like snow boots, hat around backwards, both earrings in, uh, Red Bulls, and uh, you know a curling broom. Am I am I close? Am I close? Not 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 very. Not close even there. close. All right, all right. Well, Standing in the lake with a guitar. How's that for you? Oh boy, I'm running out to get one. Let me go ahead to my mailbox. All right, guys. Uh, appreciate everybody, uh, both you guys uh, taking some time. I know it's a lot going on today. Appreciate uh, specs specs. Dustin Tomasetti from the Pickwick and Duluth Curling Club, as I heard, uh, as he told us there, John Schuster gets his first ever league win in the Duluth Curling Club. His team wins last night. They win the league, beating Tyler George's team. John, not not even there for his the first time his team ever wins the league. How about that, Chris? I'm going to bite my tongue on this one. All right. Well, I'm just giving you the, 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 what I was told and what we obviously all heard, but we'll, we'll be back. I in mean, it. expects to bring them to the promised land. We knew that was going to happen. So. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we'll get out of here. Episode 32. Appreciate everybody listening. iTunes, the Apple Podcast uh, app, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, tesn.us forward slash podcast. Uh, write us, uh, write a review, uh, share it with your friends, let everybody know uh, that you like it. Uh, give us five stars and more ratings there. And if you write a review, the easier it is to find, especially among the casual curling fans that just simply want to know more and they can get more right here, including past episodes. So Chris Plies, Gary Gertz, Bryce Atkinson, I appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be back again real soon here on the Extraction Podcast. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast, powered by Isogenics. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. What does it take to end cyber attacks? At Cyber Reason, we can tell you exactly what it takes. It takes an army of battle-tested defenders on a mission. Defenders who fight foes that operate under the cover of digital darkness. Defenders who think, move, and adapt faster than cyber attackers. Defenders with the technology and effortless automation to spot an attack forming on computers, mobile devices, servers, and the cloud, and alert you when it matters most. To end cyber attacks, it takes the brightest minds in global cyber intelligence working to deliver future-ready protection to guard your data wherever the fight moves cyber reason is ready to win the battle with you and for you in the fight to end cyber attacks we are the defenders join us to reverse the adversary attacks with proactive protection against ever-evolving threats cyber reason and cyber attacks from endpoints to everywhere learn more at cyberreason.com. that's c-y-b-e-r-e-a-s-o-n.com 